0: Repair men, Val McKee and Earl Bassett are tired of their dull lives in the small desert town of perfection, but just as the two try to skip town, they happen upon a series of mysterious deaths and a concerned seismologist studying unnatural readings below the ground. With the help of an eccentric couple, The group fights for survival against giant worm-like monsters hungry for human flesh. Well, today we are talking about the 1990 horror comedy film, Tremors. On this episode, me and Alex will be talking about it, and uh, I really hope you enjoy it. I enjoyed it pretty well when we did this one. Now, I will say the audio about halfway through on this is not that good. Um, I had an issue with my audio not working correctly, and I had to switch to a different mic halfway through. So, just be, you know, pre warned my audio is uh, not that good halfway through. But, hope you all enjoy this episode. And this is Ducks, Movies, and More. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ducks, Movies, and More. I'm your host, Zach, aka the Duck. Today we're gonna to be talking about a little movie called Tremors. 1990, this came out. And I've got uh Alex here with me again to talk about it. He's broadcasting from the moon again. How's it going, Alex?
1: Well, you know, I uh will actually be making a trip to the earth. Uh, here soon. You know, I'm running out of,
0: uh, you know, the little do not remove labels on the mattresses. Yeah. Uh, Well, the, that's like gold up here to
1: these Jupiterians. So I'm going to run down to the dump somewhere, rip me off some tags and go up there and see if I can get them to take them.
0: (laughs) Are you? So that's like their currency pretty much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they, I think they roll their weed in it. I don't know.
0: Okay. So today we're going to be talking about trimmers well me and Alex is actually going to start a marathon with these but this is a we're going to end up doing well we're going to end up trying to do all seven of them but we're, we're going to start with the first one which uh, I've watched this movie I don't know how many times I mean it's it's yeah. a really good movie yeah
1: yeah and I do hey you know I, I talked to you about getting that box set and I do appreciate it when you order it for me you know uh. I, I've been talking to Elon Musk, he might uh he might let you put it on one of his rockets to send up to the space starship, you know, the space satellite station
0: up there in the space, whatever that shit's called, the International Space Station. Yeah. Uh, and then they're going to, you know, stick it in one of the astronauts' buttholes and he's going to fart it to the moon. <laughs> well, as long as it gets to you, yeah, I'll order it for you and then we'll try and get, get it to you somehow.
1: Yeah, 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 you know. I had to play I you know I, I kind of made a deal with him, you know, Elon Musk. You know, I agreed to give him two pan galactic gargo blasters, you know, and uh which you know I don't know if you know what those are. Those are like the greatest drink in the universe.
0: Are they? That's what the Kickstarter's Guide to the Galaxy says. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about tremors a little bit. So you got it was released January 19th, 1990. Uh, I had a $10 million budget. In box office, it only hit $16.7 million.
1: Ooh-wee, that was, that, that's, a, that's a, you know, I don't want to say it's a win, but they did recoup their money.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call that, it's not a loss, but uh, that ain't really that big of a profit.
1: You know, one point
0: wins a game. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was uh, directed by Ron Underwood, which this was actually his uh, directorial debut. Uh, 16 million, that's it. 16.7
1: million. Man, this movie is greater
0: than that. This thing should have
1: made at least like 30 million in 1990. I know. I on. know. That's.
0: Now, I don't think that's what it's made, like, over the years in DVD sales. I'm assuming it's it's ended up making, you know, probably making a lot more than that. That was just straight, you know, box office. Yeah,
1: yeah, I understand. I'm just like, man, this movie was great. Well, you know, was, you know, back in the 1990s, you know, movie tickets were only like $1.75 a piece.
0: <laughs> were they that cheap?
1: No, I I, I I can remember being like $5.75 a piece. Yeah. I remember about movies.
0: But uh, yeah, this was uh, Ron Underwood's, technically his first feature film. After this movie, he actually went on to direct City Slickers, which ended up That's being... A That's a great movie. Yeah, he ended up making that movie was a huge hit. He, that was when he, uh his career as a director really took off because of that movie.
1: That's a, I don't want to say that's my favorite Jack Palance movie because my favorite Jack Palance movie is Shane.
0: Yeah, but
1: City Slicker was a great movie.
0: So, our cast on this, which. You got Kevin Bacon in this one. Now, Kevin Bacon didn't do any more of these. He only was in this first one. Fred Ward went on to do the sequel. Um, but you got Kevin Bacon plays Valentine McKee. Fred Ward character is Earl Bassett. You got Michael Gross playing Burt Gummer. Uh, Reba McIntyre, which this is actually Reba McIntyre's first movie. Up until this point, she was just, you know, a country music artist. Yeah. Uh, Where she's playing.
1: i I seen her in concert, I want to say 19. I don't know, 88, 89. I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. I used to have a crush on Reba McIntyre. I'm telling you what. Oh, yeah. tell uh, you what. Reba McIntyre used to do it for me.
0: Now, so Reba's playing Heather Gummer, Burt Gummer's wife. And then you got Finn Carter playing Rhonda LeBeck. And then you got Victor Wong playing Walter Chang. In
1: all fair- in all fairness, I was your typical teenage boy, okay? Every girl did it for me, okay? I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> I could not look at the boy girl, i would be like, oh my God.
0: Who are we talking about, Reba or Finn Carter? Reba. Okay. Reba, I'm
1: just remembering Reba, come on.
0: Okay, I'm, so. You don't,
1: you don't talk about Reba, I'm still trying to remember Reba.
0: <laughs> so, Kevin Bacon. Did
1: you, that, did you ever watch that TV show she had?
0: Uh, yeah, Reba's sitcom, yeah.
1: Yeah, man, I love that thing. I watched the shit out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, she went on to do a lot of TV and movies. But this, in this 1990, this actually... Was just I think this movie was mostly filmed in, like, 89. It was supposed to come out a lot earlier than what it did. The production company held on to it for a while. But, um... You know, this was her first time ever on the you know, in film, which I think she did a good job. I wish she would have came back for the sequel of this, but
1: I wish she would have too. You know, but you know, as far as sequels are concerned, I like Aftershock.
0: I like after honestly, I'm not gonna say I like it more than the first one because but I'm I like it just as much as the first yeah,
1: one. Yeah, I'm not gonna say I You know, it's kind of like the Jaws, Jaws, Jaws two, Tremors, Tremors two, Tremors two is an excellent sequel. It's excellent. It's an excellent sequel. Jaws two was an excellent sequel. It wasn't as good as Jaws, but it was a good sequel. Tremors two, not it it just falls short of Tremors, but it's a good movie.
0: Yeah, when we, de- when we decide to do Tremors 2 as an episode, I think we'll have just as much fun with that one as we're going to have with this one.
1: I think, we'll, I think we're going to have fun with this whole series.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, the one thing about these movies is it's it's the type of movie that I feel like you don't have to have a type of movie you like. Like, anyone can watch this movie and they'd enjoy it.
1: Hey, I got a question for you, Doc. Yeah. What do you got planned for the 4th of July?
0: Nothing yet. Why, you can invite me to the moon?
1: I I was officially inviting you to the moon right now. I figure uh, I got a projector that we can put on the American flag that Neil Armstrong left up here, and we can project a movie up on it and make a big bonfire, because I got like air bubbles you know i I like to blow bubbles so i blow a bubble we'll make a big bonfire and uh shoot some bottle rockets because you know that's the thing about rockets you know rockets don't need air they have their own catalyst
0: let me ask you something have you blown your bubbles today
1: i have blown bubbles today you're welcome
0: I wrote some stuff down about our main cast here, so let me get into it. We got Kevin Bacon, which I've followed Kevin Bacon through a lot of his career. I mean, I one of my favorite movies is River Wild, which he did with. Uh, a great movie. She did with Meryl Streep in '94. Now this was, and with Tremors, this movie was done. You know, kind of, kind of at the start of his career. I mean, he had already done Footloose. At this oh, point.
1: Man, like this was
0: the start of his career. No, but I feel like it was the start before he got super, super popular. I mean, really the only movie out there at this point that was a big hit was Footloose. Um that was a good movie. yeah, but what I'm saying is at this point in his career, the only big hit he really had was Footloose. You know, he hadn't he hadn't really done a lot more besides that. Now his first actual movie Was uh, He was actually co-starred... I think it was just a small part. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, so I'm not sure. But I know he was in Animal House, 78. I didn't even know that. With, uh, you know, legendary uh, John Belushi. John
1: Belushi.
0: Um, I think it was just a small part, though. I know he was in it. I just don't know how much dialogue he actually had. Now, then you go... Past this. Now, he did have... I have to throw that in there. He did have the famous cameo in Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, which was in 1987, you know, with, of course, the legend of John Candy, but his scene was with, you know, Steve Martin and that famous, you know, Hail in the Cab cameo. Out of
1: everybody, you know, boy, I miss John Candy.
0: Oh, one of the... One of the greatest comedians to ever live.
1: Yes, I miss John Candy, boy.
0: Now, so you got that cameo, and then after this, he went on to do Hollow Man in 2000, which that was a big hit at the time.
1: That was a good movie.
0: And then uh, you had, uh, he had a small part. Well, I want to say a small part. I mean, he co-starred in Mystic River with uh, Sean Penn, and that was,
1: I've never been a Sean Penn fan.
0: Well, I mean, it had Tim Robbins in it, too. And I've always been a Tim Robbins fan. So any anything with Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins in it.
1: Okay. All thing I ever liked uh, about Sean Penn was when he was married to Madonna.
0: Yeah. So, Bacon, he was 32 years old when this movie was filmed. He's 63 now. ooh I didn't realize he was that old. They're all getting old, man. Yeah, they're all getting old. Me and uh, Steven just got done doing a episode on a Jim Carrey movie, and uh, shoot, Jim Carrey's sixty. Later in his career, one thing I'm not gonna, you know, crush on Kevin Bacon the whole night, even though I could, because honestly, he is one of my favorite actors. I, I mean, I'm I'm such a movie geek. Let's just say there might be I might have a list of my favorite actors, and he's definitely there on.
1: The- Right now, okay? The greatest actor in the world ever, Tim Curry. I'm sorry, he is.
0: I don't it know was, if he's on my it, list.
1: The original it. Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Come on. I'm not saying he's not a great actor. It's just well, that it, it, the it comes down. There ever was. I'm going on record right now. If If anything happens to Tim Curry
1: tomorrow, I'm on record today saying. I love Tim Curry.
0: And I love Kevin Bacon.
1: Well, that's because you have terrible taste in men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm crushing on Kevin Bacon, but I'm I'm gonna finish this up. So I, I just wanted to mention the show he did in uh, late 2000, the following, which yeah, I ended up. I love that show, and I was I, a great show. I hate that it ended you know they should have kept it going but and then
1: well what sucked is how it ended the but, show was great the ending was like terrible
0: yeah now one more movie later in his career but one more movie that i always liked and i don't think it necessarily was the most successful in theaters but um death sentence in 2007 now I don't remember that movie it was the one where he was like a he him and his son went to a hockey game well you gotta understand
1: 2007 was around the time where uh I'm just gonna say uh I got into some legal issues I'm not gonna go too much further than that so I might've missed that film anywhere from like that time to let's say around 2011 I might've missed a few films
0: yeah (laughs) But yeah, death sentence. He had a part. He was a main character in that, and that's a really good action movie. Now,
1: I missed that one. Now,
0: let's go on to Fred Ward. Now, I'm gonna, you know, crush on Fred Ward too a little bit, but I would like to say, uh, because we, Uh,
1: hey, before you before you go in that, I just want to say. Thank you for where you're going. I know where you're going. I hate to hear that news, but thank you for letting me know. I didn't know about it.
0: Um, yeah, because we didn't actually know. Apparently, it happened last week, um, last Sunday, which uh, I'm recording this on the 15th. Uh, it'll probably be a while before this actually gets posted. I mean, but. This episode is being recorded on the 15th. And last Sunday, Fred Ward actually passed away. Um,
1: rest yourself, Fred Ward. God rest yourself.
0: And uh, he was 79 and passed away. Um, had a spectacular life, though. I mean, not not many people get to live the life he got to live. So, So, Fred Ward, let's talk about his career. He was 48 when they filmed this he had already been an established actor for a long time i mean one of my favorite movies actually had him in it which was uh his escape from alcatraz 1979 with uh clint eastwood yeah that was a great movie and he co-starred in that with clint and uh that was that's actually on my top ten probably. That's one of my favorite movies. I grew up watching that with my papaw, and you know I always enjoyed that movie. Well, so
1: I'm a Schwarzenegger fan. Okay, my top ten goes Terminator, Terminator Two, mm. Kindergarten Cop, Commando, The Predator, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, Conan the Destroyer. Last Action Hero I thought was great. I'm sorry. Oh,
0: oh I thought to... Last Action Hero was great too. I mean, I think on paper it was kind of a bomb, but it's, I love Last Action Hero. Oh,
1: yeah. Last Action Hero was great, but we're not talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're talking about uh, Tremors. Come on. let us You're letting me get off topic. And <laughs>
0: yeah, everybody. I have a feeling
1: we, 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 we was fantasizing just
0: then i have a feeling that this might be a two-parter because we're getting, no, it's not. no we're gonna make a four-hour episode so because we're only 20 minutes in and we haven't even actually started the movie yet so um but i i have to give fred ward his due so let, let's get back to fred ward so
1: let's get let's get back to fred ward god rest your soul you were a great actor fred ward uh you were one of the great
0: So, one of the, and I don't even know what it did financially, I haven't even looked that up, but in my opinion, just my opinion, I feel like one of the movies I mostly think, when I think Fred Ward, I think of, uh, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, 1985, I don't know if you've seen it, Alex. Uh, Uh, no off the top of my head, I can't think of that movie. Now... Also, when I think of Fred Ward, I think of Joe Dirt's dad. That's, that's... And that's... Burt. dad. I feel like everyone in this world knows Joe Dirt's dad. Even if yeah. they don't know actors. Yeah, even if
1: you don't know Fred Ward by name, and you said Joe Dirt's dad, everybody would know who he is then.
0: Yeah. I mean, that... That's one of those things where, uh... He definitely uh, was burned in everyone's memory playing that role. Over the years, he's had the opportunity to play a lot of small roles, too. I mean, he's 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 the type of actor that can do any type of leading role, but he's played in a lot of movies. I mean, they've casted him as a lot in a lot of small roles. I mean, I remember you had that hit with J Lo you remember the movie enough
1: yeah yeah
0: and he played her dad in that movie and uh it was just a short part but and then he played like a small role in uh management was that movie with steve zane and jennifer aniston that was kind of a good movie yeah that, that might have been during my uh movie
1: scenes where i wasn't really able to watch movies I don't remember
0: that movie at all. Um, then you had you remember a movie Road Trip, don't you?
1: Hell yeah, everybody remembers
0: Road Trip. So you remember he played Kyle's dad in Road Trip?
1: He play He did play
0: Kyle. Yeah, dad. he played Kyle's dad in Road oh Trip.
1: Where he pulled that big pistol out and that Kyle's, he was like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know he played Kyle's dad. Oh
1: my gosh, he did.
0: What I am saying, Fred Ward at some point, which I was so sorry to hear that he passed away, because he I mean, what a what a great actor, what a great man. But uh, you know, a lot of people they don't realize that he has somehow reached somebody with with all the films he's been in and all the roles he's played, he's somehow, you know, reached somebody at some point, even if you're not a movie person.
1: That's the great thing about Tremors the movie we're doing now Tremors I got a question for you that would be who in your opinion is the lead actor
0: in Tremors
1: Yeah I'm not I'm not of course you know Kevin Bacon is the big name
0: I don't really consider an actual lead I mean I feel I don't to me I, either. I, to, don't, I don't think that either who's the lead actor there's
1: not because Kevin Bacon in my opinion Feeds off of Fred Ward.
0: Yeah, I know. I I feel like it's a it was a duo. I mean, I because I feel like they're not really they. I mean, they both worked off each other. Which they they play together so well. And they I, did. This movie was amazingly well done. And honestly, I don't know if they've ever been in anything else together. I don't think they have. But. I don't know if they have either. But. In this movie, man, they just fed off of each other. It almost reminded me of uh there's a lot of duos in the history of film that like just had natural chemistry. Like you had uh kind of like playing Change Autoba. I mean John Candy and Steve Martin had that.
1: Well, you know, look at you know uh David
0: Spade and uh Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. And then if you go back even older than that. You got Richard Pryor and, uh, and uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Um, Gene Wilder. Yep, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. They had that natural chemistry. I would yes, put yes. Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward in that same category. They just
1: oh, yes. just for
0: this one movie. Yeah, I mean, even if, this, even if this is the only movie they did together,
1: they they fed off of each other. They there is not a lead actor. They feed off of each other. It's even when you get down to uh, Reba McIntyre and uh what's what's Burr's character's name?
0: But, uh, yeah, m- you mean his real name?
1: Yeah, his real name. What's his what's his actor's name? Bert's character. I can't think of it off the top of my Michael Gross. Either way, they feed off each other great. Everybody in this movie they just feed off there's not a lead act there's not a lead actor. There's not a lead actress.
0: No, there isn't.
1: They, they feed off of each other. This is just a great movie. No matter how you look at it, I can't believe. $16.7 million. This movie should have rocked in the box office.
0: It should have, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to Michael Gross, who plays Burt Gummer. There um,
1: you go, Michael Gross. That's who plays Burt.
0: Yeah. Uh, he was 43... When they film Tremors,
1: hey, he looks that he looks older than that. Uh,
0: he's 74 now,
1: yeah, but he looks like he's 74 in this movie.
0: (laughs) Um, now Michael Gross, you know, went on to basically star in this whole franchise of these films, so he. He was in it for the long haul. He decided, you know, he he starred in every Tremors movie from start to finish. When it comes to films, he honestly hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, he, he's got older films out there, but I think he mostly made his bread and butter from being the dad on Family Ties, from, you know, the TV sitcom from 1982 yeah. to 1989. That I watched the shit
1: out of Michael P. Keaton. Oh, yeah. That's Michael Fox's character.
0: But he's got other movies out there, too. I, I just don't know if I've seen a lot of them. Now, uh, here's, a,
1: here's a fun fact Do you remember the mom's name in the Family
0: Ties? Uh, it's been too long since I've seen it. So Elise. What'd you say it was? Elise?
1: Yeah, Elise.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it.
1: Nobody can remember Elise for some reason. I asked that questionnaire. Everybody remember Michael P Caton and everybody else, but nobody can remember the mom's name.
0: And then I think Michael Gross, I think he had a part in ER too at some point. The in what? ER, you remember the famous T V show about uh, the hospital? Yeah, with yeah. Yeah. So we got Michael Gross and let's skip to Reba, Reba McIntyre. That-
1: that was kind of uh, in my little blackout stage. That's all I'm going to
0: say. Yeah. Um, so let's skip to Reba McIntyre playing Heather Gummer. There's
1: reasons why I'm on the moon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. So she's 67 years old now. Everyone's getting Reba old. Is 67. Reba is 67 today.
1: Really? She makes 67 look good. I'm telling you.
0: So she was 35 when they filmed this. Um, this, like I said before, this was her film debut. And she's got, she went on to do sitcoms and movies and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. But, of course, you know, mostly known as a uh, country music star, which I, I did look up. That during the filming of this movie, she was on tour actually. So I don't, I don't know how she actually managed to do this movie when she had to be at concerts because she said in interviews that, you know, she'd film on a Thursday and have to be, you know, halfway across the United States the next day for a concert. So, so you got Reba, and then uh, Finn Carter playing Rhonda LeBeck. She's known for uh, uh, some other stuff. I mean, she was really popular. I know she did a lot of... She was on a soap opera as the world turns. She was pretty popular on that soap opera, I think, in the 90s. So, But all in all, she hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, she's not...
1: She's literally named after a stormtrooper.
0: Rhonda LeBeck,
1: no Finn.
0: Oh, you mean Finn Carter? Yeah, yeah. that—that's her actual name. Yeah. Um, she's literally named after a stormtrooper. So she's sixty-two years old. Damn. She was thirty. She was thirty when they filmed this.
1: Damn, everybody's older than shit. <laughs>
0: Am I love to say that. Oh yeah, you can say that. I mean, it's true. It, its hard. You know, that's what happens. So, and then we're going on. I'm going to, we got Victor Wong, who's playing Walter Chang. Now, Victor Wong, he was 63 when they filmed this. He ended he was up. Already shit. Yeah, uh, he passed away back in 2001. Which
1: man, I'm sorry about that Victor man uh, Rest your soul man Because you were in one of my favorite movies And I'm sorry to laugh at you man I take all that stuff back about you being old
0: <laughs> He actually passed away On September 12th And it says On if, if you look it up He actually passed away I think he had a heart attack Or something while he was actually Watching you know the 9-11 Footage
1: Man, that's that's hard that's um hardcore, brother I still remember you know that's that's some hard
0: stuff I still remember what I was doing on that day I think everyone does I mean that's you know
1: I remember I was laying in bed asleep and uh Tristan's mama, my boy's mama called me it was like what are you doing? And I was like, I'm asleep. She was like, how are my kids? And I was like, we're fine. And she was like, do you not know what's going on? And I was like, no. She was like, turn the TV on. And I seen it. And I was like, holy Jesus. And at that time, I worked two jobs. Yeah. And uh, so I got up, and I went to my other job, because it was payday on that day. So I went to my other job, went to pick up my check. And uh, they were like, asked me if I could work. And I was like, no, you know, I can't work today because I got my other job I got to go to. And uh, they were like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, and even if I did, I wouldn't. And I was like, turn the TV on and look what's going on in New York.
0: But, yeah, I mean, I was just a kid when it happened, but I actually, you know, I remember, you know, I remember vividly when it happened. Let me, uh, you know, list a few credits of uh Victor Wong's career. So he played a part in uh one of kind of a known movie, Big Trouble in Little China. In, oh yes, uh, he was uh eighty six.
1: Yeah, he was uh what's the dude's name?
0: I don't remember the character name, but I know he was in it.
1: Yeah. He was the dude that uh grabbed uh it was like uh, talked to uh, Kurt Russell. He was like in the rain. He was like, "I don't need an umbrella. I'm strong." He was like, "Wise man use an umbrella." <laughs> it was great.
0: So now I mostly know of him because he was in my favorite film series as a kid. Now, did you ever see Big Trouble Little China? Oh yeah, I've seen it. Oh, that movie's great. Um, long time since I've seen it, but now I know of him. Personally because he played in some uh children's movies when I was a kid. Now I don't even know if you probably haven't seen him. You might have heard of him. So he played uh the grandpa in the Three Ninjas movie franchise.
1: Oh my god, those movies are great.
0: Yeah. So I, you I have seen
1: I actually have a three ninjas, you know, kinda you know, uh trivia knowledge or whatever. Yeah, did I mean... You know, did you know that Tum Tum, the youngest one, is the only one of the kids in the three inches that played in all of
0: them? Mm, that's actually not true. I stunk, I, no. no,
1: it's the second. It's the middle one. Sorry, it's the middle one.
0: Uh, yeah, but they did a reboot. You see, you had... you had.
1: Yeah, yeah but the reboot
0: don't count. <laughs> And they killed John Connor in it. I still consider the. No, the reboots are, reboots are a whole different start of the franchise. Because you, you had the first three, Three Ninjas, and then you had the fourth one. Now, the, the fourth one is still a great movie. I mean, it had Hulk Hogan in it. I mean, it, I enjoyed that one just as much as I did the other three. Now.
1: I would have to, I would have to agree with you a good movie. Now... We're, we're, there, were at that amusement park and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I would have to agree with you. Which, for
0: that movie, they used totally different cast members. Because I think at the time frame, it's probably because the other kids got too old. I mean, there, there's no yeah, way...
1: But I'm talking about... The, we're, not, we're not talking about reboots. Reboots don't count. All right, okay...
0: I don't know if I would consider that a full reboot, though.
1: Christy Swanson deserves to be in Cobra Kai, because she knew Mr. Miyagi.
0: Yeah. Now, this movie has a big cast list. So what I'm going to do is, when we start getting into the movie, I'm just going to kind of introduce people as they come. But, because there's a lot, it's actually got a pretty big cast list for what it is. So, what do you say we go ahead and actually start the movie, Alex? Seeing we're like 40 minutes in and we haven't even started yet. We're going to open up the movie now. We're starting the movie. Where
1: I can see you.
0: You can see me?
1: Yeah, it's the Earth.
0: Yeah, the, once again, the universal opening. It must be one hell of a view. Now, we open up the movie, and I like the way they opened it, because most movies, you know, most movies open up, you know, the way they opened this up, they opened it really simple, you know? Yeah,
1: with Kevin Bacon peeing off the side of a cliff.
0: Yeah, so it just <laughs> opens a wide shot of Kevin Bacon peeing, or getting done peeing, clear. And then there's a truck sitting there, which the truck that's used in the movie, I had it wrote down here. The truck that's used in the movie, it's Earl's truck. And it's also used in Tremors 2. But it's actually, I consider it kind of a rare truck. I mean, it's it's a 1963 Jeep Gladiator. Thrift side. Now, I haven't actually looked it up how many they made, but I don't think they made a whole lot of those.
1: If it were a Chevy or a Ford, it would be called a step side.
0: Yes, of course, yeah. Um, but Jeep called it a thrift side.
1: To separate themselves.
0: Now.
1: One one of those. I love the new Jeep Gladiators too.
0: Yeah. So we open up with uh, Kevin Bacon, you know, at the back of this truck and his uh, co-star, which is.
1: When I bought that that Tesla from Elon Elon Musk, uh, I uh, really wanted to get a gladiator, but see, everybody thinks he put a dummy in that Tesla and shot it into space. Really, that was me. I was driving it to the moon.
0: Really? Yeah. Now, so we're talking about characters. So you got this is Val- this is Valentine McKee, Kevin Bacon's character. You know, he's wearing a tank top, you know, a cowboy hat.
1: He's wearing a, tank top. He's wearing a blue jean shirt that's got the sleeves cut off.
0: Uh it's not he's blue jeans a shirt
1: with the sleeves cut off and a cowboy hat
0: yeah so and then he's standing at the back of this truck and there's a guy asleep in the bed which we're fixing to learn who it is so it opens up and he says you know good morning mr bassett this is your wake-up call please move your ass and he doesn't he's not waking up mouth. I'm quoting the movie you been this I'm quoting the movie. That's what you do when you commentate a movie.
1: Well, your ass needs to keep your potty mouth shut.
0: All right, so you take it from here. What's going on in the movie?
1: Uh, Either way, he knocks him out onto the ground.
0: Well, he says there's a stampede, so he scares the shit out of him. Yes. He
1: rolls down on the ground.
0: But he he starts shaking the truck, saying "Stampede, Stampede, Earl, get up, get off the ground, Stampede." And then you know Earl falls out of the truck, and then you and know has this
1: messed up look on his face. Yeah, he's I keep like, drinking online. "I've had those faces before." And then
0: he calls him "you dumb shit." You know, he's like, i bl- mouth <laughs> you know, our kids gonna listen to this, and you're gonna have to explain what that is. <laughs> But, so, he says, you know, you dumb shit. You know, he's like, I was in a stampede once. You know, a thousand, I think it's what, a thousand head, you know, hell-bent for the horizon. And uh, Valentine's kind of quoting him because he's probably heard it, you know, a hundred times.
1: Now, where are we at exactly? How me, it's like three or more. Is there a minimum speed?
0: So, Earl gets up. And then he uh, grabs his lighter, but he can't find the cigarettes. So Valentine actually... Well, no, I think it's the other way. I think Earl has the cigarettes, but he doesn't have the lighter. So Valentine has the lighter. And uh, so they both light up a cigarette. And then uh, Earl says, you know, what's for breakfast? But Valentine says, I did breakfast yesterday. It's your turn. And he said... No, I did breakfast. I did eggs. Rock, paper, scissors. And Valentine's arguing for, he said that, no, he did. He said, no, it was bologna and beans. It's your turn. Well, these two has a thing. If they disagree, they do rock, paper, scissors to settle it. So... Kind of
1: like me and you, but we round Rojam both.
0: Same thing. Rock, paper, scissors to settle it. And then, uh, so, it's Valentine. He loses, so he gets to make breakfast.
1: Okay, I just noticed the thing. Did you see how many hits it took Kevin Bacon to drive that nail into that fence post?
0: Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Did you not know that? I'm assuming that was done on purpose.
1: He, beat the, he missed that like ten times. Yeah,
0: he, so they're putting up a fence. And he literally takes the hammer. Now, okay, I'm gonna count. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. On the tenth hit, he actually hits it and drives it all the way down. But he didn't hit all I nine of them. That without even
1: counting. I put up some fifth posts before, man. I'm telling you what, I knew that. Yeah, ten times. I called that shit.
0: Now they're uh, driving down a dirt road, which this movie takes place. The movie is based in Perfection, Nevada. Yeah. The movie itself, I believe, was actually filmed in in Lone Pine, California. The script, I mean, it's based that it's in Nevada, but it was actually filmed in California. So now we're going to. Uh, they're driving in their truck, and uh, they they see you know kind of having a conversation. I mean, we...
1: Yeah, so they get in the truck and they take off driving and they pull off the road and they're, like, just hauling ass having a good time. And they're, like, talking about girls. He's like, I want a blonde girl with big boobs and long legs and an ass that won't quit legs that go all the way up. And they're just hauling ass through this dirt road and they stop all of a sudden. And there's a girl that's just sitting there.
0: <laughs> well, they see the truck... And Earl says, you know, that must be the new grad student, because I guess, you know, there's the college sends someone out to, you know, inspect. They have like seismographs that uh, measure earthquakes. So they have, they have. Yeah,
1: but he bet all that stuff. He was like, I want a girl with big boobs, long legs, and a big ass, you know,
0: and this girl pops. And legs that go all the way up, which is the line. And it, that is Finn Carter playing Rhonda LeBec. And what's funny is she's got a uh, sunblock on her nose. So her nose is white.
1: Yeah, and a terrible ass hat. Oh my God, it looks like one of them fucking safari hats.
0: Yeah, that's an ugly hat. Really ugly hat.
1: And he and- run off a of lever. <laughs>
0: But now the, the funny part is well, it shows you how good of an actor Kevin Bacon is because the way he can make his face turn on a dime. So he he sees this girl walk up and he's real happy and then he notices that she looks kind of nerdy and the, the face just goes straight, like, sad. Yeah. But in all actuality, in real life, she was a very attractive woman.
1: Light. ain't that what you said she was
0: on guiding Light? she was on one of the soap operas yeah I didn't but know I sure. mean I looked her up for this episode you know I mean and there's from when she was around this age she was a very attractive woman
1: okay well I, I, I never knew who she was
0: so now they drive off they're talking to her and she asks them about you know do you know if there's anyone that's been doing some blasting around here or drilling they said around here no ma'am. You know, she says, well, uh, I hope my seismographs ain't broken because, you know, I might have to bag the whole semester. Well, um, so they take off, and then uh, Earl's saying, you know, we could look at those seismograph things for if you want to. And Valentine says, well, you know, what do we know about seismographs? And he says, you know, uh, Earl says, well, you know, it might be a smooth way to get to know her. And he's like, why would I want to get to know her? And he, he starts arguing with him about, you know, I don't know what it is with you and women, but, you know, you don't, you won't go out with anybody unless it fits that stupid list of yours from top to bottom. And it's dumber than my hind end. Like that Bobby Lynn Dexter you dated. And uh, Valentine says, Tammy Lynn Baxter. And uh, Valentine says something, well, I'm a victim of circumstance. And Earl says, oh, really? I thought you called it your pecker.
1: (laughs) That's a good line.
0: Really good line. So now Earl and Valentine goes to uh, Chang's Market, which is Walter Chang's store, who, of course, Victor Wong plays Walter Chang. Now, this is the point where you get introduced to some of our cast. So you see uh, Burt Gummer and uh, Heather Gummer, and they're at the.
1: Which is Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre.
0: Yeah. And then you get introduced to Walter Chang, uh, who's that. It's actually, you know, uh, Victor Wong, who plays that character. You know they're at the counter and you hear a conversation where you know Walter, these are hollow points, but they're not hydro shock hollow points. And Walter says something like, "Well, oh, I thought bullets were bullets." And then there's just random conversation. And then you got uh, Walter's uh, cooler goes on the fritz, starts making the noise, and Walter's like, "You know, what do you guys think? You know, bearings going out?" And they say, "Maybe." Earl says, you know, we got a job to do, and Valentine says something like that, where he says, "Uh, you know, yeah, Earl told me about this, we don't do anything right now, so we keep a schedule, or whatever. And then you get that
1: ominous ground rum one, and the rock shake thing.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now it goes to Rhonda LeBeck, getting ready to get in her truck. And you see, like, the ground. You see the ground moving up. And it, it kind of goes to, like, a, like what they did in Jaws. Where you, like, yeah. see the point of the view of the shark where it's kind of coming up on the person. No,
1: no, first you gotta see the seismograph going
0: off. Yeah, the seismograph goes off. And then it goes back to our, uh...
1: Then it goes to the Jaws point of view.
0: Yeah. And then it goes to Earl and Valentine where they're doing garbage day. So they no, got,
1: not yet. It goes to, and she walks to her truck and she's loading her truck
0: up. Yeah, so then it goes to Earl and Valentine and they're using a bulldozer and they're kind of like pushing trash into like a landfill kind of thing. And then they get to talking about uh, how they want to leave perfection. And then they go and they're emptying out a septic tank which i think is one of my funniest scenes of this movie
1: so they get to the uh septic tank and they're winding out this hose and he says why don't you give me a hand most of this shit is your shit and the guy's like listen run up to the store and pick me up a six pack a beer and he's like beer and he's like boys beers for adults and uh, he says, I'm just doing this job. He says, you're draining your feet. And he says, he's not going to stay in perfection. He's leaving this place right now. Then Kevin Bacon's like, I'll call your bluff. And the line blows and it just blows crap all over him. Oh, my God, that is so crazy. And the dude comes out. And he's got some crazy, I don't know, invention or some crap. He's packing up and, and Earl's packing up his truck. He's leaving.
0: What's the invention you're, ta- you're talking about? His vacuum cleaner?
1: I don't know. It looked like a vacuum cleaner. I don't know. It looked like some steampunk vacuum cleaner. I don't know what that was.
0: That's what vacuum cleaners looked like in the '80s. You know
1: Maybe back in the 1700s, that was a vacuum cleaner. I wasn't no vacuum cleaner I ever seen. And then there's some ugly girl and some little girl hopping on a pogo stick.
0: Yeah, now that, hold on a minute, because that, we're introduced, okay, so, well, let me set this up, because you've got to tell everybody now, so Valentine and Earl has decided to leave Perfection, so they're packing up their truck, and they're going to go to Bixby, which I guess is like the big town over across the mountains. Yes,
1: and this is where it starts getting good.
0: Now, the girl on the pogo stick... That's an interesting one, because as an actress, her name is Ariana Richards. Now, this was before she got big as a child star, but you have to remember, so she played in this movie, but she went on to play one of the main characters in Jurassic Park. She was the the young girl in Jurassic Park.
1: Yes, I did not realize that. I just now realized
0: that. Yeah. So she went on to uh have a pretty good child acting career. Well, she ended up actually coming back for in the film series which you know we told everybody before we are going to do every one of these. Now it may yeah, take but- us it may take us months to do it. Yeah. But we are going to do every one of these. Now, she comes back in the third movie. You know, they offer a role for her in the third movie, and she actually comes back and plays in the third movie of this film series when she's a little older. But, yeah, that's Ariana Richards playing, I believe, Mindy. So she's on the pogo stick.
1: And they they bust out of town. And as they're driving off, they see a buddy of theirs up a electrical tower.
0: Well, they think that it's a guy, you know, working on the tower. But come to find out...
1: Yeah, yeah but they think they know who the guy is. Because
0: they, so they said, be man, he only wears that...
1: Drunk, so they're like, of course, they rock, paper, scissors to see who goes up to get him because they can't agree who's going up. So Kevin Bacon's going up to get him.
0: Yeah, because they said it's their buddy Edgar. Because, yeah, he only wears that same damn jacket, you know? Yeah. And then, so Kevin Bacon loses. Well, Valentine loses. So then he decides to. Uh,
1: he goes up to get him.
0: Yeah, he goes up to get their buddy Edgar. And when he gets there, Edgar, Edgar is dead and he's holding his rifle. Now here's the funny thing about this, which I doubt you know this. Now, <laughs> from the movie, it looks like kind of a dummy that they use and I don't know I don't know if it is and they modeled it after him or because he's listed in the credits that he played in this movie. So I think it's actually him. What I was talking about, so you got Edgar. Now, like I said, in the movie, it kind of looks like a dummy, but it's actually a real person, or at least... Because he's credited as playing in the movie. So we're going to go with that, but that's actually... He's credited in the movie as playing Edgar. That's Sunshine Parker. Really well-known actor for the day. Um, and if anyone... If you've anybody's ever seen Roadhouse, you know who he is, because he plays... Yeah he plays the old man in Roadhouse that actually rents out the room to Patrick Swayze. Yes. Which is another episode I just got done doing. I just got done doing uh, uh, Patrick Swayze film Black Dog. So That
1: was a good movie. They get to town, and the, the guy's like, you know, he's been up there for dead for days. And uh, they... uh. You know, run off and they go to another scene and there's this dude, he's like working in his gu- his garden, and he's got some sheep or some crap
0: animal, I don't know what kind of camels or something. They're either sheep. Way, either way, the llamas are running around and he's gardening.
1: And as he's gardening, the little elephants or whatever they are, I don't know what kind of animal says, and they're like a, his little rooster-teller pole in the garden bends o- leans over.
0: And you know he's like, ah, sucks him down on the ground. Yeah, ah, ah, ah. And
1: then goats go crazy.
0: They're sheep. For everyone that's actually, if anyone's listening to this that hasn't actually seen the movie, where you're just listening, they're sheep. Well, I didn't know what kind of animal they were. I thought they were camels. So now it goes to Rhonda working on her her seismograph. That's just.
1: Sheep and a llama.
0: There's a big difference between a sheep and a llama.
1: Well, let me tell you something. Here on the moon, we don't have sheep or llama.
0: Well then how we do you know there's a then, So you don't have different uh species of Jupiterians? They're all the same? Uh
1: yeah, see Jupiterians are asexual. Whenever they want a kid, I just slap one in the head with a stick. And the blood just kind of whoa, 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 and it turns into a new one.
0: So we're at the part where driving down the road,
1: and all of a sudden they stop real fast, and like Earl just jumps out the car real quick, and Valentine just comes out around and like, what the heck's going on? And they see all these slaughtered goats and stuff just everywhere, and they're like yelling for the Fred, hey Fred, hey Fred, so they're looking for the dude. They go to his little cabin and and stuff, and they look around. Fred, where are you, Fred? Fred, Fred, and Kevin Bacon's running around. They're all looking around, like where is he? And they see his hat laid on the ground. And like, this is this is weird. This is Fred's hat, and there's like, they pick it up, and it's his head.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's his head. Which this movie. If everyone, if you're just listening to this channel new and you haven't listened to other episodes, me and Alex did an episode a while back, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. This movie is kind of in the same category as that. Yes, it is. It's kind of like, you know, a comedy horror. Now, I've been looking up facts about this movie, and uh, we're kind of backtracking, but I just wanted to say this before I forget, because... I know Alex was mentioning the part about where Kevin Bacon, you know, hammers the nail, you know, what, ten times without hitting it. Now, I yeah,
1: looked...
0: Yeah, now I looked that up, and it says where he hits it, that was actually Kevin Bacon's spontaneous idea. That was his idea, so that was kind of, you know, improvised into the movie. That wasn't in the script. Well, so. improvised,
1: Many times he struck before he hit the nail. Yeah, so they find a head and they take off and they take off down the road and they drive by these construction workers on the road that are jackhammering the ground.
0: Alright, so now we're at the part where, uh, what they're driving by the construction workers, right? Yep. Alright, so now Earl and Valentine are, uh, they drive back. Past these construction workers and they tell them you know y'all need to get off the road there's some maniac out killing people and he's like ah oh, they're you know yanking our chain
1: yeah so either way they're the construction workers and the guy grabs the uh, crowbar and the other guy's jackhammering and all of a sudden he hits something and blood comes up to the ground and the jackhammer takes off slide through the asphalt and his leg is wrapped up in the cord. Oh, my gosh, he's dragging him down the road. What's going to happen, Duck? You think the Graboids are going to get him?
0: They don't know their Graboids yet, Alex. I know, but we always give spoilers. Now, Earl and Valentine go back to town. They tell him what happened, and they try to use the phone, but the phone is out. Everything is out. I'm Food or nothing. Yeah. So, so
1: like so they send Valentine and Earl to go to Bixby in her truck. And they're hollering ass down the road on her truck. Time out, man, we left this place one day too late.
0: Yeah, and because the, the road is washed out, all those stones fell. Yeah. And Earl's like, Man, God must be after us today. But he didn't say that, but that's what he was wanting to say. Yeah. So they're like looking at the stones
1: like, what the heck, man? And then Earl sees there's a head with like brains and stuff. Ooh, I can't stand the sight of that, even if it is in movies.
0: So now Earl gets his pistol. Because they think some, you know, crazy maniac's on the loose. And then uh, Valentine backs up the truck. And uh, Earl's saying, you're hung up, because the, the truck won't move. He's like, you're going to burn the clutch. And uh, so he's trying to move the truck, and then he pops it in four-wheel, and then he gets out of there. Well, we're good at spoilers, so come to find out what happened was is that this monster from underground grabbed the axle of the truck, and that well, that's what was hanging him up. So now we're getting back to where they're coming back to the... Walter Chang's store.
1: Or Chang's. Hey, Walter Chang, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that little Jurassic Park girl seems like, hey, they're coming back.
0: Then uh, Heather's like, well, they can't be back from Vixby already.
1: And they see the snake tentacle on, on their back of their truck. Yeah. Oh, look at Jim and his woman having a great can't-night out, building their future home. I can't wait to be old people.
0: Yeah, so explain to everybody the scene that's going on, Alex.
1: Well, there's this old dude and this old lady. They're unloading their uh, station wagon. It doesn't, I guess it's wood. It doesn't really show, but there's some like saw horses and stuff. And she's like, he's like, I'm done for the night. She's like, no, we got to The cinder blocks are in, so we got to go get them tomorrow. And uh, she's like, just imagine what it's going to be like when we get this roof up and blah, blah, blah. He's like, what if we don't finish the roof? And uh, he's like, we can look at the sky all the time. And all of a sudden, the little camera that they got, the lights go dead. The generator stops. And the guy's like, oh, not again. And the lady's like, oh, whatever. So the guy grabs a flashlight, takes off walking. And the lady's like, maybe we should just buy a new generator. And the guy's looking around, and he walks over to where the generator was. The generator's gone. The only thing that's there is a a hole. He's like, it's gone. And then he's like, what do you mean it's gone? He's like, look, look, the wire's here, but the generator's gone. So they reach down. And they start pulling the wire and they pull the wire up and it's just the cords bit off And they're like what and all of a sudden it's like poof and the generator comes popping up out the ground and the lady's like let's go let's go and they're like "What is that smell And the guy's like you hear that because there's this rumbling noise and he's like it must be natural gas and the lady's like, "No, let's get out of here. Let's no, let's go, let's go. We gotta go back to town, to tell somebody something. Come on, let's go." And the guy's like, "No, this could be. We could be rich. You know, natural gas smells like that." And the lady's like, "Remember Yellowstone?" And then all of a sudden, the guy gets sucked down in the ground. He's like, "Oh, something's got me. Something's got me." And the lady's like, "Fight, And She's like, "No, Jim, no Jim." And he's like, "Help me, help me. There's something got me." And he's like, ah, ah, ah. and she actually does a smart thing. She grabs a two by four and he grabs a hold of it, but it snaps it like it's nothing, which is insane. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. and she's reaching and she's pulling him out the ground. No, no, Jim, help me. Ah, don't leave me. Ah. And he gets sucked all the way under and she's digging him out the ground. And all of a sudden this snake head pops out. And she's like, ah. and she does a smart thing. She runs to the car. And she closes the door, and the snake head like, bites the window. And she's like, ah, ah, but she messes up. She hits the radio, and the radio turns on. And she's like, nope. And, of course, like all movies, he's got the keys. So she's stuck in the car. And then all these snakes are, like, surrounding the car. They're, like, all over the place. And she's screaming and stuff, and now she's real calm, though. And she's, like, just standing there. And what, what? What is this? She's like, oh, it's over. This big boom out the front of the car. And the whole car starts sinking. And they literally suck the car down. Oh my gosh, this is crazy.
0: Yeah. This, the car, so she gets sunk. Now they, it basically sinks the car all the way down into the ground.
1: Yeah, and then it flashes back to Wong's place.
0: Uh, you mean Walter Chang's place?
1: Yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah, so it goes back to uh, Walter's. And he's making money off the what is basically the tongue of the graboid, but they don't know that yet. They just think they're snakes. They haven't seen the actual, you know, creature yet.
1: Yeah, he's, like, charging people money for taking pictures with it.
0: Yeah. And then, so they're sitting at a table, you know, talking about it. They need to get to Bixby to get the police down there. And Walter's like, we can't reach the mountains, because the road's out. Phone's yeah, out.
1: to the east and the
0: west. Yeah. Yeah, they're
1: he's like, b- who's the best people to ride horses?
0: Of course, it's Valentine and Earl. Yeah, of course.
1: I like how everybody turns and looks at them. And then they turn and look at everybody else. I don't miss shooting horses.
0: So now it's dawn, it looks like, and they're about to ride these horses. And, uh, you know, Earl's taking his little pistol and then uh, they do rock, paper, scissors to see who gets Edgar's old thirty thirty 30 rifle. And time gets it. Yeah. So he gets it.
1: And then Bert and Reba show up.
0: And then Melvin comes out with the dead snake thing around his neck. And Walter's like, Melvin. And then Bert's like, damn it, Melvin, you came that close. So they take off on the horses and they're riding. And then they go to check on the uh, doctor then they find the station wagon buried. And then they get to where they're they're trying to ride to Bixby and then their horses get spooked. So their horses get spooked and then this big thing, the ground starts to move and they still think it's the snake thing. So they're like, there must be a thousand of them. And then this is when you first see a real graboid. And you see this graboid and... Earl's like, nope, just one. <laughs> it's one big one. And then they yeah. run across this, uh, I'm not sure exactly what that is that they jump across, Alex. What is that, just a ditch, but it's got a concrete lining?
1: Yeah, so I don't know what that is. Irrigation. It looks like a kind of like road barrier or whatever. Yeah. It gives a good underground tunnel scene of the Graboids.
0: Yeah, and then he hits it so hard that it kills him. So the Graboid, they actually killed one. Then they start celebrating. Okay, we killed it. We killed it. Fuck you. And then Rhonda scares him. Asks them, what's going on? Did you notice anything weird a minute ago? And then she's like, what's that? So then they uh, pull this concrete back. And then the head of the Graboid pops out. And he's like... D- Earl's like, does it smell like that because it's dead? Now, one thing if someone's a Graboid uh, enthusiast with these Tremor movies, all, all throughout the movies you figure out one distinct thing that's with Graboids is they all smell. They all have a very interesting smell. So Rhonda's like, you know, this is probably the biggest zoological discovery of the century. And then Valentine's like, "Hey, check it out. I got the ass end." Yeah. We, we really found something here. Then Earl's like, "That's one big mother." Yeah. So they're looking this thing over. And then yeah,
1: They're going to sell
0: it long again. <laughs> yeah. No, they're like, you ain't gonna get this, no measly fifteen bucks, and they talk about wanting to get a winch out there to get it out of there. But in the meantime, Rhonda's looking at some paperwork, and she's figuring out from all her seismographs, she figures out, you know, the way I see it, there's more of these things. There's three more of them. They're like, what? Three more? I got seismographs all over the valley. Now, if you compare all these findings, and they're like, nah, we believe you, we believe you. You know, there's three more of them. So they ask, you know, where's her truck at? And then they go towards her truck. And then, of course, another one comes at them, and then they get stuck on a rock. Uh, one thing I would like, to, another quick fact, kind of a fun fact, Now, the university Rhonda is a student of is never really mentioned in the movie. However, the side of her truck bears the name Mesa State. But in real life, that college is actually in Colorado and not Nevada. So that's a little fun fact.
1: It is a fun fact. You know what a fun fact is also? What? What? Even
0: without that white shit on her nose, she's still ugly as hell. <laughs> that ain't very nice. Oh,
1: yeah, sorry.
0: Going back to the sheep scene, or Alex would say the camel scene where old Fred gets killed. Uh for the movie they actually used they actually went to a butcher and got Pieces of you know the leftover meat that he book, you know was doing for the day, and that's what they used for that scene where all the sheep got eaten.
1: Well, that's it makes this movie even better. Well, it could be more practical effects than actual dead carcasses.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, so now they're still on the rock, and they've been there for a while. I think all night. And then they figure out they' hoping the monster left, but it didn't. Well, they figure out you know the rock's a conductor, so they they hunt off a of sound, so they figure out you know that's why it ain't you know val Val makes the comment, well, that's why Edgar never got out of, off that damn tower so then they wake up the next morning. And this is when they come up, this is when Rhonda comes up with their pole vault idea because they figure out that there's all these boulders following the path to Rhonda's truck.
1: I love this where they're jumping rocks.
0: So they find these sticks and then they're jumping rocks. You know, they're pole vaulting to all these boulders.
1: Look at him, he's like, whoa! And he falls back, he messes up. Ain't that his name, Earl? Yeah, Earl. Messes up on his first time, can't make in his hands. That, that is so 90s. He's like, what? And he
0: makes it. So, now they get to her truck. But as soon as they get to the truck, the grab boy tries to, you know, destroy the truck. So, Rhonda jumps through the back window and she's just driving... <laughs> got her feet sticking through the truck so she's just got her hand on the gas and one hand on the wheel (laughs) driving away and then they get back to Chang's place and he's trying to reach Bert and Heather on the radio but he can't and uh, they're talking about you know explaining to him what the monsters are and everything and Walter comes up with the idea that he wants to name them and if you're a Trimmers fan, you figure out Walter's the one that actually names them. He comes up with the name Graboid. But Val's like, Walter, forget the damn name. You know, and then it does a quick scene of the road being out, but it's got a truck on the other side, and the Graboids have killed those workers too, it looks like. What does that say on the side? Nev Cattle? Uh, no, I think that's like the telephone company or the electrical company. Yeah, Nevada California Telephone.
1: That's what I think. Nevada
0: California Telephone. Yeah. I
1: uh, Are is Nevada and California next
0: to each other? Yeah. All right. So now they're talking about you know maybe the graboids will just you know pass us and there's like look you know this valley is one long smorgasbord. Well, they
1: they ain't decided Graboids yet right now. They're like snakeoids.
0: Yeah, snakeoid, whatever.
1: He's like, if they get to, we gotta stop, because if they get to the valley, it's gonna be a big smorgasbord. They can eat everything.
0: Yeah. Now, Rhonda's talking about, you know, she's pointing out that they can't move through rock. So now they're talking we need to get up the old Jeep trail, which I guess you need like a, you know, a four-wheel drive to get up the Jeep trail. Yeah. But. Yeah.
1: and then all of a sudden they're like what is that and it's a kid outside playing basketball and they're like no Was it Melvin ain't that
0: the kid's name yeah Melvin screams and they come outside and Melvin's hugging the top of a telephone pole and that's when they figure out oh shit and that's when you see uh, an actual graboid
1: well, you already sent a Graboid once. Yeah. The funny thing about Graboids is, uh, back in like 10 years ago, I, uh, sent the Graboids
0: to the Earth. Did you? Yeah, I created the Graboids on the moon.
1: It was a science project for my ninth grade teacher.
0: So you still got Graboids up there now?
1: well they're not called graboids up here they're called uh that's jubatarian that's what the call them.
0: okay so now we're getting to the part where uh valve jumps on top of the truck and then the graboid tries to take the truck out so the truck's you know shaking back and forth
1: like an idiot, you know, we've already seen a fucking uh, station wagon
0: buried in the ground, so why would you jump on the truck? And now one of them is trying to pull Rhonda in. It grabs her. She gets caught up in this barbed wire, and then uh, it tries to pull her in, and then Val comes to the rescue and hits it with a pickaxe, but it then knocks him over, and then he. Tries, he goes to save her and then they end up having to take her pants off. Of course. Why not?
1: That's the only way to save a woman. You ain't lying. He just hacked the shit off that son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. And then this is one of my favorite scenes where they... It's it's coming back towards Chain's shop and it, it moves all the planks of the of the deck up, you know, the the deck of the store, all the planks fly up in one particular motion. Now it goes to where they're back in the store.
1: Yeah, they're like, drive your truck, they're like, we can't, eat our tires out. She's like, you can take my truck. And then the dang Pepsi machine starts up. Of all times, they couldn't get the dang thing working, but now it works.
0: Yeah, the Pepsi machine starts making the crazy noise. And this is where poor Walter gets eaten.
1: Yeah, they get Mr. Wong.
0: And, you know, it sucks him down and eats him whole. Now, I'm looking at facts here from the movie. Now, if we go back to where uh, Rhonda... Gets her jeans pulled down. It says for the scene in which Rhonda had to get her jeans. To escape the graboid about to eat her. Finn Carter initially didn't rehearse this scene. That way the response she gives to having to undress in front of Kevin Bacon. In less than five seconds was authentic. So they kind of sprung that on her. Sounds like. Now the graboids are knocking all the shelves over in the shop, and then it pushes Rhonda out the window. And then luckily she got to the water tower, and she's climbing up the water tower, so she's safe for now.
1: Then that Melvin kid—he like, comes out of a outhouse or some kind of barn. I don't know what that shit is. I'm like, what are you doing? Get up on the roof and he's like what and then the grad boy jumps and he climbs up on the roof so they're all up on the roof and they're like hey and they're yelling at people get on your roofs get on your roofs and you see this big SUV a Chevy Blazer is what that looks like oh it's a GMC which means that's a uh, what's GMC? Jimmy yeah Jimmy yeah Jimmy Uh, so of course it's Burton Riva she's always I don't care what her name is it's Reba McIntyre and they're up at their they're up at their base and they got a base boy so Riva pulls out some binoculars and she sees them they're all up on the roofs
0: yeah they're all up on a roof, on their roofs now another fun fact is that GMC Jimmy Believe it or not, was actually Michael Gross's personal vehicle at the time. So that wasn't just used for the movie; that was actually his truck. Um, And then he actually kept it till 2006.
1: Oh, that's pretty
0: awesome. So, yeah, I guess that was his favorite, you know, type of vehicle, and he had it throughout that time. So now they. Hoist Val down to the. He grabs the radio from the shop and he tries to get a hold of Bert and Heather. So now he gets a hold of Bert and Heather. They're talking on the radio. And uh, so now we're going to Bert.
1: On the radio.
0: Yeah, so now we're going to Bert talking to Val on the radio. And he's like, what's going on? And Heather's looking through her binoculars. And she's like, I don't know, Bert, but they're all on the roof. And he's like, yeah. why Why are you all on your roof? And then Val's trying to tell him about monsters underground. He's like, and then they start going for Bert's place.
1: No, 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 no. Rio McIntyre starts cleaning some used shell casings.
0: Yeah, she turns that machine on.
1: It's a shaker it's a rock shaker it's
0: a tumbler yeah so she turns that on and then it gets to the point where uh, Val's telling him you know you got monsters coming at you guys and he looks out the window and he's like Val what are you talking about I don't see nothing and Val's like they're under the ground Bert they're under the ground big monsters underground get out now and then they start to hear it shaking because they're in the basement. So they're in the basement and then the wall starts shaking. And all of a sudden this crab boy bursts through the wall. And then luckily they're in their rec room and they got guns. I wouldn't
1: call it rec room, i call it an armory.
0: Yeah, they got guns on the wall, a bunch of them. So they got guns on the wall, and they start just grabbing guns, and they're they're shooting at this thing with pistols, rifles, shotguns, anything they can grab that's loaded. And then, Bert goes for, uh, to someone that doesn't know guns, it looks like a shotgun, but it's actually an elephant gun.
1: Yeah, an elephant gun.
0: It's a double rifle is what it is. It's meant for really, really big game. So then he fires one shot at it. No, no, no. With
1: no, no. First they think they got him, then all of a sudden they hear gunshots, all kinds of gunshots, and everybody's like, what?
0: Yeah. But a fun fact Burt's elephant gun that they use in the film is an eight gauge, darn, I guess you call that D A R N brand shotgun, which was rented. From a private collector for uses in the film. It fired dummy cartridges custom made from solid brass stock. I'm and,
1: sorry, I'm still watching shoot, shit out of it.
0: Yeah, it's a really good scene. And I've seen this movie so much, like, I know it. I've seen it a lot.
1: Boy, Riva McIntyre's double pistol lame. <laughs> oh, here's the elephant gun. Look at them bullets. She hits him with a flare
0: gun in the (laughs) mouth. Yeah, she does hit it with a flare gun. They holler at Bert and they ask him, you know, is there any chance you can get the other... I think there's two left. No, there's only one left. No, there's two left. And they said, you know, yeah, that's doable. But then... Uh Rhonda says, "You know they're up to something, they're up to something, so Rhonda's watching them, and then all of a sudden, they move the whole foundation of the shop, so the roof is moving you know, kind of going back and forth like a big water bed, and then uh they start messing with uh one of the other houses do what
1: they start messing
0: with all the townsfolk after that. Yeah, and then it ends up killing uh, Nestor.
1: Yeah, I don't know what his name is, but either way,
0: that's yeah, a character in the movie Nestor. So it ends up killing him.
1: Yeah, but I think I know that dude. Um, I, I know him from something. I just
0: can't think
1: of what I know him from.
0: The guy that plays Nestor is Richard Marcus. Now Richard Marcus is an American actor best known for roles in St. Elsewhere, Tremors, and The Pretender. So I don't think I've ever seen St. Elsewhere or The Pretender. So. But he's got a few films on his uh, repertoire. So now we're going back to Bert and Heather. And uh, Val and Earl's like, you know, they're going to tear this town out from under us you you gotta come get us you can't leave and then we'll be long dead before you get back so you know then Reba's like you know okay Val we're coming to get everybody but then all of a sudden the graboid gets smart and takes out Bert's truck so so much for that right It pops the tires on his truck.
1: And they get a little smart because they got an old Caterpillar. And they're like, we use the cat to get out here because we can't get no other way. But look, the cat's a long ways away.
0: So, you know, then they're like, yeah, we can use the cat.
1: Yeah, and he's like, but, 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 they'll, 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 they'll get the cat. He's like, that thing's like 30 tons. There's no way they can lift it. So then they come up with a pretty good idea, actually, with the riding lawnmower.
0: Yeah, they do come up with a good idea on the riding lawnmower.
1: Either way, they're trying to figure it out, and all of a sudden they attack the store again, they're all, all falling in the middle, and they're like, oh. so now, of course, they got to haul someone down to start up the lawnmower, and it's that old dude, whatever his name is. You know, he. I I just call him Graboid food. Uh, so either way, Graboid food is uh working on starting up the lawnmower, and uh it starts attacking that lady and her daughter. Uh, we're gonna call the lady the lady and the daughter Jurassic Park girl. So either way, and like, of course they got to be heroes, and he's like, somebody's got to save them. So they're they. Rock, paper, scissors for it. And uh, Earl is going to go get
0: them.
1: Yeah. So either way, grab boy food, uh, starts up the lawnmower and sends it on its way, which is a pretty good idea, especially for some, if it's, you know, they're wrapped vibrations. And it takes off. And it's going. And it's going. And they start chasing it. And it looks like it's going to be a, a, a grand slam idea. And Kevin Bacon's like, good luck, guys. And, he, and then he hits him, and he jumps in. Kevin Bacon's going for it. And he's running. And he's running. And he's running, and they're chasing the lawn. The grab boys are chasing the lawnmower, though. The lawnmower's going to work. Till it hits the ditch and it flips over. And everybody's like, ah, shit. And Kevin Bacon stops. Why would you stop running? And then Earl's like, go, go but now the grab boys know that he's running and they're chasing him is he gonna make it to the cat
0: no he ain't gonna make it he ain't gonna make it
1: run run and the girl's like no they're gonna get him Ah, stop running and he stops and the grab boy pops up because he don't know where he's at because he stopped and little snake tongue things are sticking out the ground And everybody's like, what, what? And he's surrounded by all these little snake things trying to look for him. And Earl's like, we gotta make some noise so they don't find him. A lot of noise. And ironically, that lady, Val, is next to a water tower, is on a water tower with a big bucket full of water. And the snake reaches for his leg and and now he's standing on one foot and she notices the water pipe dripping. And she climbs down the ladder of the water tank. She kicks it loose.
0: Yeah, so the water pipe, the water, you know, falling on the ground distracts Yeah, The him.
1: water bursts, and it's falling on the ground. And the hears, fills it, and it leaves. And he gets to the cat. He made it. I thought he was going to be graboid food, even though I didn't because I've seen this movie, but... So he hooks up to the old semi-trailer. Because they got a plan to go and pull the semi-trailer with the cat. And, ooh, look at the grab boy all over the place. Ooh, that's a scary-ass scene.
0: And now it's tearing up the water tower. Right, so now he's driving the cat towards them With the trailer on it. And then he starts picking everybody up.
1: Yeah. He gets the Mama and Jurassic Park girl first or does he get Melvin no he gets Mama and Jurassic Park girl first
0: no he gets Rhonda first
1: oh he does you're right he gets her in the bucket
0: yeah he gets Rhonda first which well, is kind of
1: stupid because the grab right there and the ground is wet so that makes no sense
0: but now they head up to Bert's place and uh, Bert's like god damn armored transport so now Bert's in the middle of making some homemade bombs. So good thing for Bert Gummer, huh? Yeah. So he's in the middle of making some homemade bombs, and then they throw their bags in the cat and everything. And I mean, there's more details in this, but we're not going to get into details. We're going to skip through this. So not, not too much more. Not too much more
1: detail, because he literally said, "You know, damn armor transport."
0: yeah, so they get in the cat and then they start heading up towards the mountains. Now, this goes on a few minutes. And then all of a sudden the bulldozer, the the graboids dug a trap. So all of a sudden the bulldozer falls in this ditch because they like, you know, dug the dirt under the ground. And then the bulldozers are out of commission, so they, you know, they dug a trap. Now Bert throws a bomb, and he's like, you know, eat on this. And it doesn't hurt the grab. Well, it doesn't really hurt the graboid, but it scares the graboid away, because they're like, look, they're way over there, because they can see the dust trails. So it, you know, makes the graboid go far away. And then they get to talk, and that gives them an idea. And Rhonda's like, hey, Bert, you got plenty of those bombs? And Bert's like, yeah, we got you covered, Rhonda. So Rhonda's like, "Um, so what if you throw a bomb that way, the way we want to go to towards the rock? And then uh, it'll drive the graboids away, and then we run like goddamn bastards and uh you know so they make a plan and then they do it and melvin melvin kind of resists and he's like no those things are too fast there's no way and bert hands him a revolver and go this change your mind melvin he gets real happy and he holds the gun and then they throw the bomb then they start running and because it drives the graboids away and then they start running and then they At one point, Melvin actually points the gun and tries to shoot it. Well, Bert gave it to him with no bullets in it. So he tries to shoot it and nothing, you know, it's unloaded. And then he's like, Bert, you asshole. And then they get to the rock. So everyone gets safe to the rock. And then um, Bert takes the gun back from Melvin. Now, this is an interesting scene because. If you notice, Bert actually checked. He knows the gun's unloaded, but he actually double-checks it. Now, the reason why they did this is because that's kind of like Bert's character. You know, it's standard gun safety. Anyone that fires firearms or anything like that, you know, you always check to see if a gun's unloaded. Always.
1: Yeah, I was... I missed that scene. I was just, I was trying to rewind back to it.
0: So, you know, they're trying to make it to where they're showing that that's the way his character is. He's all, you know, he's always, he's a real gun enthusiast, so he's about gun safety. Yeah, I know. I,
1: I know you I just missed
0: that scene. I was I just rewinding back to it because I wanted to see it. They're at the Rock. Yeah,
1: We're, they're on the Rock, and... The grab boy just come up out the ground, you know, the little t- snake things did. He just checked the gun again. He did check it. You're right.
0: And they're on the rock, and now they're starting to realize Bert gets mad because he's like, wait, for Christ's sake, we could have made a stand at our place. We had food, water, and Earl's like, you can't fight them like that. So you two screw-ups hauled us all the way out here is what Bert says. And then Val's like, "Hey, why don't you just back off, String Bean? You know we could have let your ass rot at your house." And no, like,
1: he said you could have let your ass rot on the roof.
0: Yeah. So if those graboids don't kill them, I will. Is what Val says. And Earl says, "You know it would have torn your place out from under you in a couple hours." So you know, Bert calms down a little bit now they're just hanging out on the rock stuck and then bert says a line where he says if it comes down to starvation i know what i'm doing now i'm gonna take one of these bombs walk right out there with the fuse lit and let them take me down and reba's like good lord honey and then earl's like now that gives me an idea no, he's like, it really gives me an idea, like going fishing like. So now they come up with the plan where they uh tie this bomb to some rope. They tie this bomb to some rope, and then uh you know, Bert's got some fuse, so then he puts a you know, he asks him, you know, how long of a fuse he needs, so he puts a short fuse on it. And interesting dialogue in that because uh Earl's like, what kind of fuse is that? And uh, Bert says, cannon fuse. And uh, Earl's like, uh, what do you use it for? And Bert's like, my cannon. <laughs> so then,
1: Ironically. do what? Ironically, I'm trying to buy a cannon.
0: Well, how are you going to shoot a cannon on the moon?
1: Uh, Just so I can see how long it takes uh, it to hit the Earth.
0: But now, so Earl's going to try and go fishing now.
1: He didn't try. He did go fishing. and He caught a whopper. So everybody starts, uh, throwing rocks out on the ground. And of course, the gravel is filled the vibrations. So, uh. It comes up and is looking around on the rocks and when they do Earl gives in a bomb and he's like how long the cord is that he's like 15 seconds at least he's like what kind of fuse is it he says it's a cannon fuse he's like what's it for and then Bird's like my cannon <laughs> which is a funny line and so they light it and uh he throws it out there and he starts dragging it on the ground and, uh, when they start dragging it on the ground, of course, the Graboid grabs it, and he starts, and he takes it down with him, and, uh, they wait a couple of seconds, and then guess what happens, duck? Boom. And just, like, Graboid guts flying everywhere, and it's like, and it hits Melvin, it's like, covers everything, it's like, woo, and everybody's all happy. And uh like, yes, yes, it worked. That's great. And there's this just big mess of graboid guts. Oh, that's disgusting. I can't stand blood and guts. So they start throwing rocks again. They're going fishing again. Just one graboid left. And they're like, but he's not coming out. Oh, but here he is now. Little snaky feet. So they light up another fuse. And Kevin Bacon's got the line this time. Or Valentine, sorry, it's not Kevin Bacon, it's Valentine. Which is Kevin Bacon, though. He lights a fuse, and he throws it. And it literally lands on the boy's tentacles. And he drag it. And the grab boy's like, uh-uh, we don't want that. Oh, but it took it anyways. And they all get down. But he spits it out. And he literally spits it all the way to them.
0: And then it lands in Bert's bag of bombs. And it's so funny at this point because Bert is such a ammunition nut. He didn't even, he just went to the other side of the rock. But Val and uh, Earl and Rhonda ran like 50 yards away. And he's uh, like, what are y'all doing all the way out there? And they start running back, but then the graboid jumps out of the ground and stops them dead in their tracks, so they completely stop. Now, at this point, they only have one bomb left. Only one bomb left. Just one. And they're like, you know, Bert and them is telling me, you know, throw the bomb so it'll go away, and then you can run away. Throw the bomb. But then, uh,. Val's like, uh, well, at first they think that it's gone away, but it isn't. Val's like, you know, he's smarter than he's leading on to be. He's like, wait, wait, wait. This one's not falling for it. This one ain't dumb. He's trying to trick us. he's like use your bomb it's our last one what else you gonna use it for so what if we make it to the rocks we'll be dead in three days anyways Earl's like well I want to live for those three days so everyone at the rocks telling them to throw the bomb scare them away and Rhonda's saying throw the bomb but now Val comes up with an idea. He's like, this bastard ain't smarter than us. For Christ's sakes, Val. And Val's like, I'm going to go for it. And then Earl's like, go for what? And then all of a sudden, Val takes off running. And then Earl ends up running. And then uh, Val says he's got a plan. And... Uh, but they're looking for the lighter and they don't have it but Rhonda has it so then she starts running behind him I got it yeah and then they're all running towards this cliff and uh, so Val stands at the edge of this cliff they're all standing at the edge of this cliff and he pulls the fuse he splits it in half so it's a real short fuse and they're wanting to light it, but Val's like, no, not yet, not yet, not yet, and then eventually he says, okay, go, and then he throws the bomb behind him, which Earl says, you know, you missed, You threw it behind him, well, what he did was, he threw it behind him, and then it scares him, so he's like going, you know, full blast at him, and then he jumps out of the way, and then this crab boy just shoots right through the other side of the cliff, and Falls to the bottom and explodes.
1: And flats on the rock.
0: Yep. You know. He
1: makes a stampede joke.
0: Yeah, because he's like, <laughs> where do you come up with that idea from? And he's like, Stampede. So now, you know, all the graboids are gone. So now it goes to them back in town and they're putting some new tires on their truck. And they're talking about, you know, the second we get to Bixby, uh, we need to get the press involved, you know. And they're talking about getting in People Magazine, which, spoiler alert, we'll go ahead and tell you. Because we are going to do, we're going to do all these movies eventually. So we are going to do Tremors 2, but when we get to Tremors 2, so Rhonda just takes a picture of them. And this, when you get to Tremors 2 years down the road... They actually end up making it in People magazine. And they end up using that same picture that she just took of them. And now uh Val and Rhonda are talking. And uh you know, he's like talking to her, trying, you know, kind of flirting. And then she's like, Maybe I'll see you sometime, and he's like, uh-huh. Then he goes, she walks away, but then Val chases her, and he's like, well, I just wanted to, uh..." and then he starts kissing her, and they start making out. Now, this is how the actual, this is the ending scene of the movie, and then the credits start rolling. Man, that one took us a while.
1: Yeah, it did, and it was fun.
0: It was fun, but heck, it took us a while. I, I, I had almost as much fun commentating about this movie as I
1: did watching the
0: movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, so, that was the end of Tremors, and stay tuned, you know, later on for when we record. It'll. It'll be a while before we're able to record the second one, but we're going to, me and Alex are definitely going to do it, so.
1: yes, we're going through all of them. All of them. This is going to be a series for us. I can't wait to do Tremors 2 Aftershock.
0: So, today is May 16th. Uh, It'll probably take me a while to get this posted, though, so. But whenever I do get it posted, you know. Yeah,
1: I guess it is the 16th now. It's 1 o'clock in the morning.
0: But if you listen to this and you like this episode, you know, stay tuned in the future for when we do the second one. Now, a couple quick facts I wanted to point out before we bring this to a close. Now, originally this movie was going to have an R rating. Uh, Not for the violence, but for language. And this film ended up getting PG-13. Now... I don't know if originally, maybe it's because it was, you know, 1990, but unless the version that I'm watching is like the uncut version. Because there's a lot of cuss words in this, so I'm, I'm having trouble believing that it would actually be PG 13. So I don't, I doubt the version that I watched is actually the version that hit theaters. Although. It could have been, you know, it was 1990, things were a lot looser back then.
1: Yeah, it it would only be the language what making it rated R, because this was not an R-rated movie.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but there's a lot of bad language in it, so I'm curious if the version you and me watched is like the uncut version or something. But I don't know, because, you
1: know... What, what would cause it, other than the language, to make it an R rating in movies? So this would have to be a theatrical version, if it's got an R rating. But of course, like you said, 1990, you know, if you said ass in a movie, it was an
0: R rating. Well, no, that's what I'm trying to say. This movie is PG-13. So that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, at least, well, I think the DVD copy I have... What does your copy say, PG 13 or R? Uh,
1: shit. You gonna make me look. You know what I can't read. PG 13 is what I
0: got. And yours had just as many cuss words in it as mine, right? Yeah. Cause she said, at one point she said, goddamn, right?
1: Yes, I did see goddamn.
0: Yeah, so. That must have just been the time period, because there's no way a movie now would have that in it and would be PG-13. Highly doubt that. Well, I highly doubt that. You, uh, were not but you did. Alright, so... There's one more fun fact I thought I'd throw out there, because I thought it was very interesting. It said... One early concept for the Graboids that the filmmakers were talking about putting in there was that they had the ability to perfectly mimic sounds which they would use to lure in unsuspecting prey. This idea was dropped because the writers thought the Graboids had too many special abilities. Now. I kind of wish they would have left that in there because that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that
1: would have been cool too, like to watch the sheet and be like, Mah! Mah! And then all of a sudden, the sheep be like, Who the fuck is over
0: there? Um, another fact about Kevin Bacon, it says, Prior to the film's release, Bacon felt that the film was a career low. So at the time, you know, he wasn't very happy about it he later became happy when it started making money because this movie didn't make money when it was released but it kinda ended up getting a cult following so it ended up making a lot of money years later with you know video rentals and DVD sales and everything so you know but at the time Bacon thought it was a career low and he a quote from me, he says, "I broke down and fell to the sidewalk screaming to my pregnant wife, "I can't believe I'm doing a movie about underground worms." Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it is on uh, one of the main movie sites, so uh, it is pretty uh, believable.
1: Well, you know, everybody makes stupid choices at once or
0: twice in their life. Well, it turned out it wasn't a stupid choice, though. I mean, later on in life, this movie ended up making a lot of money. It just didn't make a lot of money when it first came out.
1: I'm not saying him making this movie was a stupid choice. I'm I'm saying that him saying him making this movie was a stupid choice was him making a stupid choice. Because this movie was not a stupid choice.
0: But now it also says Kevin Bacon would later call, re, would later recall the filming of Tremors to be the single most fun time I've ever had making a movie in my t- entire career. So that shows you right there that uh, it was definitely worth it. Now, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. But I just wanted to say... You know, I hope everyone enjoys this one. Uh, This will probably end up being a two-parter because it's going to be so long. Uh, But, you know, I hope everyone enjoys it. Uh, This is a really good movie. I mean, I can't wait to do the other six of them. So, uh, Alex, you got anything to say? Final words?
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, uh, as always... Thank you, Duck. I'm honored you have me do this with you. I'm happy, happy to do this anytime you need me. I'm here for you. Uh, again, Big A75, A&M Studios, YouTube.com. You know, it's me and my kids playing video games. Look us up. We're small time. We're not nothing special, but any help we can get is appreciated. Uh, thank you, Duck
0: you're welcome alex had a good time so this time signing off this is uh ducks movies and more i'm zach aka the duck i'm
1: alex big a75 good night
0: good night everybody